Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. She can introduce and tell whatever she wants to tell about them. But uh, I want to welcome you, Laura West, and Malika is back there, but she'll tell you more about that. So welcome, Laura. I'm not going to use a mic unless y'all tell me I need it, because I'm pretty loud. And I'm very hyper, so I'm all over the place. See, I told you yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that's a good thing. That means you'll get out of here quicker. So somebody should have moved me down. But hey. So have y'all had a good weekend? Yes. Well, I came in on the tail end of the last one, and amazing. And I want to talk to you before I leave and get you hooked up on my radio show on Praise 96.3. On Tuesday nights, we do testimony time. And I think that would be an awesome testimony if you're willing to come to share on a Tuesday night. So um, I just love stories like that because they give God the glory. And it's what I call we make much of Jesus, right? And that's why we're all here is to make much of him. It's not about her and her husband. It's not about me and my husband. It's about what God has done. And he's an awesome God. And this world needs to be reminded of that every single day. And also we need to be reminded, ladies, that time is tough and we get old and things start happening, don't it? And uh, my mother, bless her heart, is 88 years old. And I can remember her telling me, listen, one day you're going to go through menopause. (laughs) And she described these awful hot flashes that I was going to have. And and I was dreading it, you know. And a couple weeks ago, I was sitting at the kitchen table, Tina. I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I got so hot. And I thought, this is what she's been warning me about. I was fanning, I was dying. And I looked down and realized it was my left boob hanging in my cup of coffee. (laughs) I was so lean. You know you're getting old when you put your bra on backwards and it fits better. And that happened to me this morning. I'm like, wait, oh, okay, I got this thing on backwards. But, you know, uh, since it's all ladies minus him, he can put his earplugs in for a couple minutes. But I'm a a huge believer in laughter. And I want us to laugh and loosen up a little bit in here, you know? So I want to talk for a minute about that dreaded thing that we all have to do, and that is bra shop. Do you hate it? Yes. I mean, things don't even mean the same to me anymore. Girls' night out now means staying home and going bras. <laughs> and if I tell you I got lucky last night, it just means I found my car in the parking lot. <laughs> you know? So things don't mean what they used to. But I had to go down to Taylor Outlet to the uh, bra door down there. And I told Lace, I hate wearing bras fit me. I don't like this. She goes, well, if they're fitted right, you won't mind them as bad. You need a professional fitting. She fit me, got me in a new one. It's called the shepherd's bra. <laughs> Herds them up and points them in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been having a rough time in that area. <laughs> but then I looked over to the rack, and there was a Catholic bra. That one makes, uh, was it? The cat oh, lifts the ball, and it makes, uh, Makes much of the masses. <laughs> and the Red Cross lifts the fallen. But I think my favorite, and I was trying to jump to this one because it's my favorite, is the Baptist frog. It makes mountains out of molehills. <laughs> now, I know nobody here does that, do they? <laughs> and then when you start getting old, you know, things... I mean, I make more noise than my coffee machine makes. <laughs> and I'm sure I got snapdragon disease because what ain't snapping's now dragging. <laughs> and uh, I, I stopped at the store the other day at Walmart... Which, you know, that's another whole story. We don't have time to get into all those. But that Walmart shopping, I spend, listen, if you can agree with this, raise your hand. I spend most of my time shopping looking for the bathroom. Has anybody else reached that? Yeah, I'm telling you, I have. And I read a sign at Walmart the other day that made me wet my pants. It said, bathroom closed. <laughs> but I went over there, and there was an old man standing in front of My neck was messed up, and I needed some of that neck cream. And I was looking, and he's looking at everyone, just holding the line up, and I'm like, Man, I wish you'd get out of the way. He's reading everything on everyone. So I thought I'll help him. I said, that one you got in your hands is the best one. And he looked. I said, I use it. I go through three tubes a week. And he put it down and he walked off like he was disgusted. And I realized I wasn't in the neck cream section. I was in the hemorrhoid cream section. So... Anyway, but laughter is good. You know, my mom, she, she's 88, and she cries because all of her friends have died, and it's sad, you know. And she was crying the other day. I said, Mama, I know it's sad. All your friends have died. And she goes, I'm crying because they're all up in heaven thinking I didn't make it. <laughs> I said, they know you'll be there. You know, they, they know you're coming one day. But uh, it, it's fun to laugh, and I love to laugh because, listen, Proverbs 17, 22 says, Laughter is good like what? 
and medicine. More people need to get off prescription drugs and start overdosing on laughter. Yes. Now I'm going to prove to you that God knew what he was talking about. I want you to do me a favor and look at the person on either side of you. But don't say a word. Just look at the person on either side of you. Now here's what studies say. I didn't say this. Studies say one in three is ugly. So if both of them look good, guess who's it? <laughs> I'm not picking. Y'all have to pick. <laughs> but you know what? Laughter is good like medicine. And you know... Here's what's so great about it. You don't have to go to a doctor and get a prescription. You can share it with your friends and not get arrested. <laughs> well, the greatest thing about medicine and our prescription is the copay was paid over 2,000 years ago no, when Hill saw Mount Calvary. He paid the price, didn't he? Amen. And what did he pay for? So that you and I would have life and have it more abundantly. And the sad thing is, as I travel across this country and speak in churches, I see so many down faces. You know, and I think, gosh, they must have served lemon juice instead of grape juice for the Lord's Supper. Because these people are all, you know, and I'm like, guys, have you read the end of the book, we win. You know, and you hear stories like the one you just finished listening to and realize, man, what an awesome God he is, you know, and he wants the best for us. And so I hope in the next few minutes as I share my family's story and we bring Malika up here, man, she's dicing on the cake, you're going to get to hear her sing. Uh, that, that you will really enjoy this. My daughter's here today. I have a lady that travels with me, but my daughter's here with me today, and that's Ashley. She's back there. Are you filming me right now? Hey, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley's funny. Let me tell you what. She's never on time. Never. No, I'm going to just wrap. I bet she turns the video off real fast now. But I go to pick her up, and she's never on time. But I got there this morning, and I decided to ring the doorbell and leave a note, send her a text. So I text Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at your door and knock. <laughs> she texts back Genesis 3.10. I heard you. I was naked and afraid and I hid myself. <laughs> so I guess she was still in the shower. I don't know. But uh, she's pretty amazing. She on her free time, and she doesn't have a lot of free time with four kids, but on her free time, she goes down to Pigeon Forge and picks up all the trash on the street, makes it pretty. Judge says three more months she'll be done off of probation. <laughs> But I'm rooting for it. I'm just kidding, you guys. My daughter is not on probation. She ain't worth the law. I'm just kidding. But um, anyway, we're going to get started. I'm asking to pull up the first picture up here. We're going to go through some slides, and then we'll bring Malika up. There it is. I was looking. Where'd it go? Okay, there it is right there. He told me I can look that way. You're right. I can. It's right there. Don't y'all turn around. That'd be awkward. Um, that's just for me. Go to the first picture. And that is my sweet mom and dad. Uh, my daddy went to be with Jesus 13 years ago. He died in my arms in my house uh, from stomach liver cancer. And those were some sweet days I'll never forget because I'm a daddy's girl and will be till the day I die. Uh, I, my mom and dad had five, um, five boys and one girl, and I was the baby. So, yeah, I was, I was a little bit spoiled. They were married 58 years before he passed. And uh, what a wonderful example. My folks took me to church. All my life, my mom played the organ in the church uh, for 45 years. He was a deacon, and we went to the same church for 45 years. That's how we were brought up. Go to the next slide, and it's just another sweet one of me. And I cute? I was a cute little thing. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> next picture. And then that's who you see back there, that tall, skinny girl, Ashley. Um, what happened was I was in high school, and I thought I knew everything. I know nobody here relates to that. <laughs> thought I knew everything, and my mama had told me, don't be unequally yoked. I heard that a thousand times. Don't be unequally yoked. I didn't listen. And I met this guy. I was 17. He was 21. He was a bodybuilder, and he, and he drove that uh, Starsky and Hutch Grand Torino. Yeah, he was, he was something. <laughs> he still my heart. And next thing you know, I was pregnant. Senior year in high school, and I was pregnant. And I'll never forget getting pregnant and didn't want to tell my parents. I knew it would kill them. If they didn't kill me, it was going to kill them. And so I didn't tell anybody for a long time. And then on a Wednesday night, my mom was at choir practice, and my dad said, what's wrong with you? Something's bothering you. You can talk to me. I said, I can tell you anything. He said, anything. I said, I'm pregnant. What he said is funny now. It wasn't funny then. He said, this is the time I wish the rapture would take place. <laughs> take your mama and leave me here. Because <laughs> I don't even want to be in heaven with her when she finds this out. And so he told me, go upstairs to my room, lock the door, and don't come out I'll tell you to. I went upstairs. I heard her car pull in the driveway. And then about five minutes later, I heard her just crying. Not my baby. Not my baby. I totally destroyed her. 
was an embarrassment. You know, back then that was an embarrassment. <laughs> Nowadays, teenagers are pregnant all the time. Nobody bats an eye at it. When I was pregnant, I didn't even get to go through my graduation. I got to graduate in his office. The principal gave me my diploma, but asked me not to show up. And, you know, my parents supported that. You know, today you'd sue a, a school that did that, you know. But uh, I respected my principal. He went to church with me, great man of God, and he's just like, this is not, this is not good. And I was an honor graduate. I was a smart kid. And, not, not smart enough not to get pregnant, though, was I? But uh, anyway, so I had Ashley, and for four years, I was totally abused by this man. Uh, I will say this. He never physically abused me, but emotionally, it was horrible. And if you've ever been emotionally abused, it's just as bad. Destroys you in the inside. It takes parts of your heart hard away. It's hard to heal from. You hide it from everybody around you, but uh, a bruise they can see, but inside they don't. And it's really tough. So when he started doing that to Ashley and I'd come in from work and she'd be crying because he'd been so mean to her, I thought, i got to get out of here. So I called my dad and asked, could I come back home? And he said, you come on. Now I'm upstairs with this little thing looking at me and I'm like, what do I do? And I don't know about you, but I thought God was mad at me. You know, sometimes we mess up and we think he's not going to forgive me. I've done too much this time. Let me just tell you, if that's how you're thinking today, you're thinking wrong. That's right. Because God forgives anything that you've done. Over and over again. He don't want you to keep doing it over and over again. But his grace is sufficient. And his mercy is new every single day. And so I got down on my knees in that room. And I said, God, if you get me out of this mess, I'm devoting my life to you. I'll never date a man that's not saved again. And I meant what I said because I had her looking up to me. And so, you know, I, I, the first two guys I met were lost as hound dogs. And I would tell them, no, you're not saved. I can't do this. Then I went to deputy school to be a bailiff in court, and they sent all the surrounding cities. I was in Chesapeake, and they sent Virginia Beach sheriff deputies to my class. The back door opened, and 12 uniformed officers from Virginia Beach walked in the door, and I thought, the Lord has sent his disciples. (laughs) Out of these 12, I'm going to pick me a man. (laughs) And so at lunchtime, they were home with me. (laughs) I took them all home. Uh, had hot dogs on the grill, and I really liked this one guy a lot. We went back to class. I passed him a note. I said, would you like to have dinner? He said, who else coming? I said, just you. They didn't make the cut. And, uh, <laughs> he came back for dinner, and man, I have every quality. I love this guy, you know, until I asked him, hey, are you saved? And his answer was, from what? And I thought, I'm in trouble. I said, saved? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And he said, no, he goes, I've never stepped foot in church. Don't even know what that means. And I said, I can't date you. He's like, really? He said, I'm so nice. And I'm like, I said, you are that. Uh, ain't good looking, too. But I said, no, I just cannot. <laughs> and so I sent him on his way, but I gave him a little New Testament Bible. And I highlighted the Romans Road and John 3, 16, sent him on his way. A couple weeks later, he called and said, hey, Laura, I was riding to work today. I pulled off the side of the interstate. I had that Bible in my uniform pocket. I pulled it out. And I read those verses. He said, I think I've asked Jesus into my heart. I said, what time can you pick me up Friday night? (laughs) And uh, that was 34 years ago. You can go to the next picture. I keep forgetting. I can just look up there. And that's my husband, John. We've been married 34 years. He is a police officer in the city of Sevierville. So if you're ever speeding through that area and get pulled, you just mentioned me. But I'm going to tell you, he's been doing law enforcement 33 years. You'd have to be doing a lot worse than speeding for him to pull you and to get out of his car. So you really ain't got (laughs) to He's just riding out to, to retirement. He's got the countdown there. So you've got to be really bad for him to pull you. Um, you can go to the next picture. Okay, and this is when Malika came along. John and I got married and couldn't have kids. And I'm going to tell you what, I got so mad at God. Let's see how many honest Christians we have here today. You want to? How many of you have ever been mad at God? Good. Y'all are honest. And can I tell you that he can take that? He gave us all of our emotions. He totally understands when we're angry, and that's okay. And I was mad. Here's why I was mad. I did everything right, right? I cleaned up my act. I got married to a Christian man. I got him saved before I got married. We're in church, in Sunday school, doing all the right things. And there's women out there aborting babies, doing drugs while they're pregnant. There's women out there that are leaving them in the car or abandoning them or whatever, abusing them. And then you have a good Christian couple like me and John, and God won't let us have a baby. So I was very angry at God. And I called a pastor up I knew real well, and I said, Bailey, I said, I'm really mad at God. He said, why? I told him just what I told y'all, and his answer to me changed my life. 
Stop feeling sorry for yourself and do something for somebody else. I said, what is that supposed to mean? He said, there's a lot of kids that need a home out there. So I called Johnny Work. I said, Bailey said we should do foster care. He said, okay. We didn't know any better, you know. So we went to foster classes and became foster parents. And over 12 years, we had 103 medically fragile foster babies come through our house. And uh, that's why I'm loud and crazy, and they just made me lose my mind. But uh, I love every minute of it. And, and I, nobody would take the ones hooked to feeding tubes and, and that had traits and things. And I loved it because I wanted to be a nurse, and I screwed that up in high school by getting pregnant. And I felt like God's letting me be that nurse in my home. They're giving me all this training for free, and then I'm doing a good thing by taking care of all these little sick babies, and, and I loved it. And so one day we got a call for a little girl born blind, addicted to heroin. At 15 months old, her mother did this. Her mother filled up a tub of hot water and placed her in it and burned her from the neck down. When we got to Shriners, doctors told us she had less than a 5% chance of living. But let me tell you something today. Doctors don't know everything. That's right, when that doctor in that lab coat gave us a diagnosis, the great physician in the long white robe walked in behind him and said, I got other plans, right? <laughs> he had other plans. And we serve an awesome God. And so that doc, so we flew out there and met her. And uh, it wasn't a, an easy meet. Well, as soon as we started talking, she screamed and cried and scratched and, and just was a mess and, until I talked. And then she would do this and start watching. She'd get quiet. Isn't that amazing? Because I sound like Maud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this kid loves my voice. Hey, find that DVD. This is a good place to probably show that. I want to show y'all what I saw the first time I met Malika. We got a minute. Let me tell a joke. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay, I'll really tell a joke. You tell me. <laughs> tell me so I love police officer jokes. So this police officer pulled this guy, right, for speeding. And as he walked up to the car, he noticed in the back seat there was a bunch of machetes and chainsaws. And he said, okay, get out of the car. He said, where are you heading? He goes, I'm, I'm heading to a party. He goes, what, what's all this in your back seat? He goes, I'm a juggler. I juggle those things. He said, yeah, sure you do. You crank up them, uh, them chainsaws and juggle them. And if you can do it, I ain't going to give you a ticket. The guy got out the chainsaws, cranked them up. He's juggling away. A man rides by and looks at his wife and says, boy, that field sobriety test is getting harder every day. <laughs> do I need another one or is that good? <laughs> All right, I need another one. Okay, let me think. This is a true story. When John first got went up here for an interview for a job, he went to Sevierville and Gatlinburg. And the same day for an interview, and I'm back in Virginia, he calls and he goes, hey, he said, I, um, um, I went to my interview. I said, well, how did it go? Did you get the job? He said, I don't know yet. I said, well, I better hope you did. He said, why? I said, I sold the house while you were gone. And I did. And one day I thought, I'll just put a sign up and see. And somebody stopped and made an offer and wanted to buy it. So we actually moved to Sevierville without, without a job. He just came from Virginia Beach Sheriff's Office, came up here about three months before he got a call. But he got called up by Gatlinburg, and the chief told him, he said, listen, you've worked in law enforcement at this time. He was in it for 18 years. You've been 18 years in a jail as a sergeant, but I'm going to put you on the street. It's a big difference in Gatlinburg working on the street. He said, for example, if I told you to go arrest your mother-in-law, what would you do? John said, I'd call for backup. <laughs> and so he offered him the job, and uh, Sevierville offered at the same time, and that's how he, he picked Sevierville because... We didn't want nosebleeds. Are we moving on? All right, he's ready. I'm glad. I'm out of jokes. All right. <laughs>
God amazing to take such a mess like that and make it into a message. And I know I'll put it off long enough. Y'all want to meet her, don't you? So I'm going to ask her to do me a favor. Malika, come on up here, girl. It's your time to shine. Are you ready? This way. Go straight. I'm right up here. Can you run? No. So I'm not going to run. All right. Keep going. This one was way too easy. We had to do this the other day at a Praise 96 event, and it was... No steps to get on the stage. You had to go down a hallway to find the steps. <laughs> but she did it. It was a mess, but she did it. And let me tell you all, this. Here, here's what I want you to remember. If you don't remember nothing else, the reason I made her find me, and sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard, is because I want you to know that's what walking by faith, not by sight, looks like. When God tells you to come on, and you're like, oh, I might not have the finances for that. Oh, God, I don't know if I'll have the support. I don't know. And he's like, just come on. And that's what she does. And you know why she does it so easily, no matter where I am? Because I'm her mom and I love her. And she knows I'm not going to hurt her. Your Heavenly Father loves you more than I love her. Hard to believe. And he's not going to call you where he's not going to get you there. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. When I'm speaking to youth groups, I have them scream. I'm like, all y'all start screaming. And then I holler from Lika to find me. She finds me every time. You know why? She tunes out all that other extra noise. And we live in a world full of extra noise. In a world of cancel culture and the stuff that they're yelling, you know what? You have to tune that out, but you've got to keep walking with your Savior. You've got to. Sometimes you've just got to be still and know that he's God, right? And so when Malika does this, sometimes she runs into tables if we're at a dinner. She'll run into tables or chairs or wheelchairs. In the, and you know what she does? She gets around them. And that's how life is. You're going to have obstacles in your walk. But God allows detours. He allows U-turns. And that's what I love about him. You just correct it, listen, and get back on the right path, right? Let me tell you a couple of things about her that cracked me up. This girl right here is funny, and she doesn't know she's funny. Malika is 28, believe it or not. But she is. I don't think she looks it. But she's 28, and we function about seven, okay? It don't matter. No. God made her the way he wanted to make her. It ain't junk. Yeah, you say, well, it might be broken. Well, you know what? You can't be used by God until you are broken. So we all ought to be there today saying, break me. Break me, you know? And so she's just the way God wants her to be. And, And Malika is just funny and doesn't try to be funny. She doesn't pick on people. She doesn't talk ugly to people. She, If you want her to say something bad about somebody just to be funny and pick on them, no. Everything's straight with her. But one time her daddy had her at the clinic in Cincinnati. All these mamas and their kids, and in comes John with Malika. She was little. He sat her on the floor, and she hollered, that's an ugly kid over there, ain't it, daddy? <laughs> 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 Everybody 
every woman there looked like she wanted to kill him. He went, she's blind. She doesn't see any of your kids. <laughs> then he took her to clinic one time. It was a 12-hour layover. And he got home. I said, how do you go to the bathroom when you have to wait that long? And he said, I just push her in a wheelchair into the men's bathroom. She's blind. <laughs> well, that's true. He said, but I went in there this last time. This man came in, suit, tied, a briefcase. He put his briefcase down and went to the bathroom. And she said, Daddy, somebody just came in here and turned the water on. And the man zipped and took off and left his briefcase. He's chasing, Sir, she's blind. She didn't see you. I promise. <laughs> Another time she's having surgery and I'm waiting in a little waiting room. And the doctor called and said, It's going to be a while. And I thought something happened. He said, We've been laughing our butts off. I said, Why? He goes, We went to put her to sleep. And she went, Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 He said, so we've been asking her to sing for the last 20 minutes. So she, she's just naturally funny. But another thing about Malika is she loves to sing. And I cannot sing. If I sing, she gets mad and tells me, I, this is one, one thing she will say, ugly. She says, I sound like a sick horse. <laughs> and she's right, I do. But uh, she doesn't. She's an amazing singer. And I'm going to let her sing a couple for you this morning. Now, they're not church songs. Don't, don't throw me out. They're not church songs, but you'll recognize these songs, and they're good. I got you, girl. All right, we'll write that first one. Uh, I don't want to tell them. The very first one starts with a C. Yeah. 
She don't like songs about beer and, and cheating on women and all. She likes the old one, although she does take this one a little risky on her CD over there. She did record, You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she loves country music, and uh, I was on the way to an event one day, and she said, I want to do Patsy Cline today. I said, you can't do that. We're going to a Baptist church. And she's like, please. And she kept on and on. And I heard God in my car playing his days, let, let her be who I've called her to be. I said, okay, God, it's on you. They get mad, it's on you. So she, I was a nervous wreck. I didn't tell them what she's going to sing. I called her up. She started singing. They stood to their feet applauding. and they were so excited. Got to my product table, and some elderly ladies came to the table and said, you don't know how much that meant to me. My husband's in heaven now, but that was one of our favorite songs. And it ministered to them where they were, you know? And so I've learned from then on, I've never had one complaint in two years of her doing country of anybody getting mad about it, never. Uh, so God's letting her be who she's supposed to be. And uh, listen, I told you she functioned seven or eight, but she knows two things, folks, that Jesus loves her and she's a sinner. That's all you've got to know to make a difference in this world. That's all you've got to know. You don't have to go get Hebrew and Greek and go to a big college. In fact, let's go on with some pictures, and I'll tell you about the rest of my family. Go on and pull wherever we left off. I don't remember. And we'll pick up there. There's John. We have to do that um, every four hours during the day. Uh, take pressure garments off, scrub the wounds, make them bleed so infection wouldn't set in. It took a toll on us for a long time. And we were supposed to take her back to uh, Norfolk, Virginia, where she'd go in hospice to die. Uh, but I went to John one day and said, I want to take her home. And he said, I knew you would. I called the social worker. I said, we want to take her home. She said, I knew you would. So she said, I've already started the paperwork. So that's how she ended up with us. Next picture. And that was checking to see if she had any light perception at all, and she failed that test. But let me tell you, she's got better vision than you do. That's right. You know why Malika has better vision? She sees with her heart. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong when you see with your heart. And so I, I feel like she's taught me more than any preacher and evangelist that I've listened to. She's taught me more about life than they ever will. It's just amazing. Next picture. And that's uh, one she had to have her back. Uh, she had to have donor sites taken because every time you grow, your skin does not stretch. And so every time she grow, it was back to the hospital. I can't tell you any surgery she's had. I lived my life in Ohio for a long time. Uh, that's where they took a strip of good skin from the upper part of her back, and they placed it across her buttocks, uh, her whole area. You can imagine being sat in a tub, how terrible that was. She had to lay in that position for three months. She had to lay on her belly for three months uh, to heal. Next picture. Uh, and that's when we finally got to flip over and we're excited. She's reading her book. Next. Uh, flipping back and forth there. Next one. That's her birthday party that she had to attend on a stretcher, and you notice she's still smiling. This is the happiest person I've ever met in my life. 
I'm telling you. Remember when we had the solar eclipse, everybody goes out with their glasses and look. She wanted to look. And as a mom, I didn't want to say, well, you can't see. And I thought, well, if God wants her to see it, maybe she'll see it. I'm just taking her out. Took her out on the deck, her and my son. They put their glasses on, and she looked, and she took them off. She said, I can't see nothing. And I wanted to cry. And you know what she said? At least I tried. What have you tried to do today instead of complaining? What have you tried to change in your life? It's little tidbits like that every day that Malika teaches me something. Next. Okay, so remember I told you we had 103 foster kids. I couldn't have a baby. Had Ashley for my first marriage. Was mad because God wouldn't give me a baby. And then after we got Malika, I started throwing up, and God gave me my own son. Let me show you what my baby looks like now. That's Jordan. Jordan got married last November and moved to South Carolina. He graduated from Carson Newman with a four-year degree in psychology and now works for Chick-fil-A. Go figure. (laughs) It's God's country, God's store, God's chicken, so I guess I should be happy. He's working at a holy restaurant after a four-year degree in psychology, but he's a good kid, and I'm proud of him, and his sister's back there just shaking her head because she didn't go to college, and you wouldn't believe the amount of money she makes in the job she has, so way to go. Ashley. You can teach your brother some things there, but I love him. Miss him terribly. Uh, but you see, 12 years I wanted a child. Right? 12 years. Don't that seem like forever? Every month to think maybe this month, maybe this month. But in God's time frame, it was a little bloop on the calendar. He just had to accomplish something through us before he could give me what I want. Maybe your blessing's just right there, but he's got to do what you got to do what he needs you to do before he can open up the heaven and pour it on you. Go to the next one, and that's his wife, Emily. Next one, and there's Ashley and her husband, Matt. Now, when Ashley married Matt, he had the two oldest kids, Macy and Houston, so they were three and four. She became a mama immediately, and I became a Mimi immediately, and won't nothing like it. And then they had Grayson and Allie, and I became a biological Mimi, and I was there when both of them were born. I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Grayson, uh, I kept Grayson from the time he was born until he started school every day. Wouldn't tra- change nothing about that except maybe she'd pay me. But that's the only thing I would change. <laughs> and I, I'm not lying when I tell y'all. It's, just, it's not just a me-me saying this. That's the best kid that ever walked the face of the earth. Now his mom was going, no, he's not. Like, for me, he was. He was so good. I mean, he was a two-year-old you could leave sitting and go do something and come back, and he's right where you left him. I mean, he didn't get into stuff. He was so good. And even to this day, he loves Jesus with all of his heart. Just got baptized a couple weeks ago. He goes to the nursing home where my mom is, plays the piano for all the old people there. I mean, he's precious, precious. But the little girl next to him. (laughs) The spawn of Satan. (laughs) Now, the first time she was with me and I said it, she goes, that was really ugly, Mom. And I said, but they laugh. And as long as they laugh, I've got to keep doing it, you know. But, I, oh, I love Allie Grace. They, listen, Grayson and her both were on my radio show. I did Art Link Letters. Kids Say the Darnest Thing. I had another little girl on and those two. They were hilarious. And, and he's real sophisticated with his answers. But Allie, she was hilarious. All the way there saying, Mimi, you know what a rainbow does, don't you? I thought, oh, Lord, I hope she knows the right meaning of a rainbow. She said, it's God's promise he won't flood with rain no more. I said, Say it on the radio, girl, you know. What was that big guy's name that the little kid knocked him down with a rock? I said, that was Goliath. Yeah, Goliath. They chopped his head. I mean, she knew so many stories from the Bible and was so cute on the show. And the other little girl was just as smart. And they, I didn't have to ask nothing. They just kept saying, well, my favorite story, and they would tell a story. It was so cute. If you've not seen it, go on Facebook, Laura Weston Friends Show, friend request me, and go watch last week's show. Hilarious. Then we get in the car to go home, and Allie tells the lady at Walgreens. Lady said, you sure look cute. Where you been? She goes, I was on my Mimi's radio show. Oh, you were? What did you do on there? She said, told stories about Jesus. She said, but hey, my new best friend talked the whole time, and I didn't get to tell any stories. (laughs) And I love that because she never met this little girl before, and she called her her new best friend, but then she slammed her at the same time. (laughs) I mean, she's a hoot. All right, next picture. And I love this picture. I threw this one in because John is a Sunday school teacher at First Baptist Sevierville. And when John's talking about the Trinity, he uses this illustration that he is an adoptive father to Malika, a stepdad to Ashley, and a biological dad to Jordan. But he's one dad, right? And he loves all three of his kids the same. 
God's the same way, the Trinity. And I just love that illustration. Next picture. And that's Doodles the Wonder Dog. And it was just way too hot to drag her out today. But Doodles travels with us. Doodles came because I kept running Malika into car mirrors and doors and trying to walk in. And I'd run her into stuff. And she said, you need a CNI dog, Mom. So we got one. Uh, <laughs> and uh, next picture. And there's her and Doodles. Next picture. All right, we're going to pause here, and this is going to be where we wrap up. Normally, uh, I would be done uh, six months ago. That would have been the end. Probably the last time you saw me, that would have been the end of my speaking. Malika would have sang, the first thing I see will be Jesus, and everybody left happy. But then, you know, your story's never done down here. As long as you're breathing, it keeps changing. And about six months ago, maybe it's been a little longer now, I got an email one morning, and it said that it was Malika's aunt. She had found us after 26 years and that her mama wanted to see her. She thanked us in her email for adopting Malika and said she's beautiful, she's thriving, I'm so impressed. You know, I just can't thank y'all enough. And we're not here to cause any trouble. If you don't want this to happen, we will leave you alone. And it scared me because you think, what do they want? What am I going to do with this info? Called my preacher and he said, I want you to fast and pray about it. Don't make any decision yet. And you and John will know. And whatever you decide, I'm going to have your back because I know that Jesus lives in you and you're going to do what he tells you to. So we fasted and prayed for a few days and finally I felt like God wanted me to call her back. So I did. I, I actually sent her an email. And I thanked her for her email and said we had prayed for Malika's mom forever. Didn't know if she's even alive, but we had prayed that if she was alive that she was right with God. And she said, oh, she is. She got saved. She went to rehab, got saved, got married, serving in her church, got a great job. She's amazing. She just needs to reach out to Malika. And I said, I'm not ready for that right now, but I'll pray about it. And uh, so I let some time go by, and then one day she said, can we do a three-way call? She wants to talk to you. And I said, yeah, I'll talk to her. Went, got Ashley. She flew over to the house. Me and Ashley and Jordan and John went in the room where Malika couldn't hear, and as we were in the room, I put her on speakerphone. Her mother was bawling. She said, I, I just, I'm right with God, and I know that he has forgiven me. There's no doubt in my mind God forgave me for what I did. But I got to know that y'all forgive me. I got to tell you I'm sorry. I got to tell her I'm sorry. And my heart broke for her. Because don't we pray for our loved ones to get right with God? Anybody in here got a grandchild that's far, far from God? a child that's far, far from God. And if they called you and they said, I'm back with God, I've given my heart, I'm off drugs, whatever it is, wouldn't you open your arms and say, welcome back? Well, this is what I was faced with. What do I do? This is, this is awful. I mean, what I see right there in that picture is a monster. Because only a monster would put their kid in a hot tub of water and burn them. Okay? So we talked to her on the phone, and I said, listen, I'm going to let you hear her voice, but I don't want you to tell her who you are. She said, oh, please, that'd be great. So I went into the bedroom and I said, Malika, my friend's on the phone and she would like to hear you sing a little song. She said, what do you want me to sing? I said, you pick just a chorus. So I want you to sing a chorus of something. Come up here. And uh, I put the phone in front of Malika and this is the song she chose to sing that day. Not knowing who she was singing to, she sang this chorus. Jesus, take the wheel Take it from my hand Cause I can't do my book, I tell the truth, right? And I'm afraid mom reads that. She's going to do drugs again. I said, no, they're all sold out. So we hung up and Ashley said, you better call the aunt back and tell her not to find a book. So I called her back privately. I said, I need to talk to you. And I was like, don't go look for my book. You might go find a used one on Amazon. Don't go do that. I don't think she should read it because I told the truth in the book. And she said, oh no, she's already read it. I said, why are you asking for it? She says, we all want a copy. I said, well, let me ask you a question. What did she say happened? Because she never went to jail for this. 
denied it. She said Malika climbed into the tub by herself. And some crazy judge believed that story and let her go. So she never went to serve jail time. I said, what did she tell you happened? She said, she told us the truth. She said that one day she was high on drugs. Malika was crying. She took her, filled the tub up with hot water, put her in the tub. And she said as she lifted her out of the tub, she watched her skin fall to the bathroom floor. This woman has confessed what she really, really did. She's not in denial. She's not lying. She confessed. And although I see a monster, I want him to go to the next screen and see what, what God can do to an individual. That's mom now. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, they're what? A new creature. All things, not just some, except that bathtub incident. All things are passed away. All things become new. Listen, I crucified him. My sins on him on that cross. What a hypocrite would I be not to forgive her. It's not up for me to decide whether she's genuine or not. I can base it on the way that she's acted. Now, that doesn't mean I have to let her back into my life. Forgiveness doesn't mean acknowledging it didn't hurt. Forgiveness don't mean not to acknowledge that there was pain involved. Of course there's pain involved. It's just saying I'm not going to hold her accountable to pay me back anymore. God took that payment. He died on the cross for what she did and what you did and what you did and what you did and what I did. He already took that up to the cross. And so a little bit of time went by and I decided to tell Malika. And I sat down and I said, Malika... Remember when you sang on the phone a couple weeks ago? That was your mom. She said, wow. And I said, she called to tell you that she's very sorry that she did this. You know what she said? That had to be hard for her to do. Again, did not take into consideration the years of pain and agony. She was concerned about her poor mama, that she had to make that phone call. Oh, that had to be hard. I said, do you forgive her? She said, oh, yes, I forgive her. And then she started talking about George Jones. <laughs> she moved on. Time went on, and she said, I would like to sing a song to my mom. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to it later. I kind of brushed it off. You know, I didn't want to keep dealing with this. I said, we've gotten this far. Let's go on. But she kept on and on. So I finally got John. I said, Malika wants to sing a song to her mom, so we need to listen to it, make sure it's appropriate. We pulled it up, and she sang it. And uh, she wants to sing that for y'all today. Okay, it's Kelly. Help me dress for my high school prom by my 
person nope are we going to if God tells us to we will because I've followed him all these ways and years I'm not going to disappoint him now but he hasn't told me to do that and he might have to use a baseball bat outside my head to get me to do it but if he tells me to I will go to the last picture that's Malika's foot now you go to a nail salon they probably say five dollar five dollar more five <laughs> That's okay to laugh at that. We laugh at it all <laughs> But you know what I see when I look at that foot? The most prettiest feet in the world. Because they've been all across this country doing what you just saw, sharing the good news. That God forgives us like he did with me getting pregnant in high school. He lets us start over like he did with a wonderful husband. That he answers prayers and does miracles like he did with my precious son that he gave me. That he heals people like he does Malika. And he offers forgiveness hope, and restoration for all of us. I'm going to tell you something right now. As Christians, we hold grudges really, really bad. We get mad if somebody takes our pew on a Sunday morning. It's true. But if you could hear this story and see her sing that song to her mother this morning and you don't get something right with somebody you're holding hard feelings to, there ain't no hope for you. If this didn't do it, I give up on you. And there's in the cr- a crowd this many people. Somebody's mad at somebody today. And we all have them family members. I got mine too. But we got to love them and we got to forgive. Our heaven's going to be miserable spending it with people we don't like. <laughs> because don't think you're the only one that's going to make it. That person you might be mad at might be right there in the seat next to you. And so we've got to learn to forgive. And that's our biggest thing we want to teach, teach from this. Let me say one more thing and I'll be out of here. Malika makes these bowls. <laughs> they're not broken when she makes them. But they, they're called prayer bowls. We walk by faith, not by sight. I write that around them. She brails faith in the bottom so you see what faith looks like in her eyes. People buy these, put prayer requests in them, put them in the church, uh, Sunday school classrooms, whatever. But this is what we do to make a little extra money. And one day a lady was helping me carry them in and dropped them and broke them. And I was really upset about it. And God said, don't worry, I'm going to use them. I got out there and gave my speech, went to my product table, and a girl came up and said, I want to get a bowl. I said, there's a mess of them. Pick out what you want. She said, no, I want to pay for it. I said, I'm not charging you for a broken bowl. And she said, yes, you are. And I said, why? And she said, I'm going to put it on my dresser. I was a drug addict three years ago. God had to do this to me to get my attention. And every morning when I wake up, I want to see that broken bowl up there. Well, everybody around her heard her story, and they all bought a broken bowl. So I went home and told John that day, I said, listen, I said, uh, bowls got broken today. He said, oh, no. I said, but I sold them. He said, how? I told him, told him the story. He said, that's remarkable. Went to the next church, told him that story. Stand there talking to the preacher. I hear a bowl break. And I thought, somebody's breaking the bowls again. I looked. It was Malika. She's sitting there breaking. <laughs> so I went over to stop her, and the lady said, no, no, no. We asked her to do it. 
They were lined up as far as you could see, handing her $10, saying, break my bowl. And so she, they took over these broken bowls. And I went home and told John, the bowls got broke again. He's like, good grief. I said, this time they paid her to break them. He said, what? What kind of women are you speaking to? I said, a bunch of broken ones, I guess. But you don't have to break your bowl. But we have some of these on our product table. You do not have to break them. Uh, you can take it home just the way it is. But I will close with saying, and then she also has some other stuff. She has a, um, uh, we did for your verse. Your verse was your conformity. Yeah. We did a couple of plates. We get plates that we find, and she braille scripture on. So we've got that on a couple. So the first couple of people to get to the table can buy one of her plates that's done. We have other stuff. We have $5 jewelry. We have other things that she's brailed on. And we don't want to take it back home, do we, Ashley? No. Y'all need to buy all this. Show Malika that you support her because that's all she knows how to do. And when you have a pulse, you have a purpose. That is her purpose today is to braille. That's what she can do that you can't do. Look at her stuff. And we got our brand new book, um, Out of the Darkness, the Malika West Stories, on the table too. And I want to close with telling you this. When I die, I told my husband I want a fork in my hand. And you might have heard this story about the lady who died and told the preacher, put a fork in my hand because I believe the best is yet to come. And when you go to all these, like we're getting ready to eat, you keep the fork because they say the dessert's coming, right? The best is yet to come. Don't turn your fork in. And so I told John I want this on my chest so people know I'm happy. I'm in heaven. The best is yet to come. But I was afraid they wouldn't see it. So I went out and got this one. And I wanted to tell you, so when you attend my, and y'all will come to my funeral, won't you? Well, don't act so excited about it. But I want this just like this. And you'll walk by and you'll smile. And somebody that didn't hear me speak will be like, why is that, why is that there? And you could say, because she knew the best was yet to come. Y'all believe that? God is good. He's faithful. His mercy endures forever. We'll be over in the fellowship hall. Uh, we don't eat because I promised her Chick-fil-A. So that's nothing to get y'all. She, her and my son, this Chick-fil-A thing, I don't know. I guess I raised them right. But we'll hang out over there with you guys. If you want to get pictures, you just want to hug her neck. She loves to hug. You can hug her neck and then buy everything on our product table. And then we'll go home. But thank you for being a wonderful audience and for listening. Don't you leave without letting me get your number. And uh, thank you all for inviting me. Yes. Which she did which one you want? I would love the first person I'm going to see. Yep, we've got it. I told you, pull it up. All right, Malika, you get an extra prize for this. You got two dollars. You get two. How about that? We just cut it out because we didn't know if it was over time. So if you're requesting it, then it's your own you. All right, you get two. Okay. All right. With bottles. How about that? Yeah? Okay. I have never seen a flower or a tree or the sky live in blue on a summer afternoon. I've never seen the sun rise or ocean waves at midnight. But one day I'll have my sight And a place where there's no night The first thing I'll see Will be Jesus The first thing I'll see Will be my Lord Well done, my faithful friend. The first thing I'll see will be Jesus. I can hardly wait to see those pearly gates. And I know the streets of gold There'll be something to behold All around the crystal sea 